0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Work Life. Why? Because so many of us spend so much time working, and we're not happy, and we're not smiling enough, and we're not having fun with it enough. And so um, Kar and I have invited people to come live with us so that we can help people live so that I just believe that there are many different people in this world, but we are all living similar patterns. And so by us actually communicating with people live, um, that will help you identify because anything that like Susan has offered to join us today, and I'm sure she's going to help millions of people just because she's aligned the same way as other people. And uh, Karin and I want to give the gift of helping everybody else along their journey. So yeah. Karen, I'll turn it over to you.
1: Yeah, just, we're thrilled to have Susan here with us. Um, You know, my thing is to help people live their extraordinary lives on their terms. And we want, we're so grateful to Susan for being our inaugural um, person (laughs) up here. And, (laughs) and, And our intention is to help clear potential blocks and just maybe give you a pathway to your own personal abundance and wealth in addition to your work. So welcome, Susan. Thank you for joining us. Nice to be here. Yay. So we were starting this conversation by asking you, you ha- if you had a question and you did, why don't you repeat the question for um, everybody else so we know where we're headed today.
2: How do some people have the ability to always have plenty of money or make plenty of money and others do not? even if they're work they're they're working and paying bills how is it that there's always that lack <laughs> not always but most times it's hey get, use the credit card if it's something I really want
1: yeah so understood so Julie do you want to start on sure that? yeah
0: the first thing that pops in my mind you know I always talk to people about the fact that um there's, there's two different ways of wealth when we're talking monetary wealth, because obviously there's wealth in your work life and in your health, and there's different ways we can define wealth and abundance in our lives. Mm-hmm. But when we're actually looking at monetary wealth, um, there's income affluence, and then there's asset affluence. So one of the things that many of us in America have figured out is we figured out how to work hard and make money, right? We have a lot of opportunity in this country, Um, and so there's not a, one of us that's not working hard. Like we're working hard, but it's like, oh, it's like, why does it have to come so hard? Right. And then, so there's Mm -hmm. that income piece that I call income affluence. And then there's asset affluence. And I have found that, um, usually when somebody is learning abundance, it starts with, um, you first have to master the income affluence of how do you get it? and and get it to stick and have it keep coming in and then it pours into and leaks into acid affluence and then you then embody both and and what really is interesting is so many of us have it backwards in terms of the fact that we're um that's what we're chasing and we don't realize that the actual answer is if you actually followed your heart and your soul in what you your soul was put here to do on this earth that actually brings more income affluence, which then creates the asset affluence, which then creates more choices. But many of us do jobs for the job, for the paycheck, and not actually Mm -hmm. because that's our dream. And I get, I'm one of 12 kids. I didn't grow up with any money. And so I know what food stamps are like. I know what you didn't have enough money to go buy a gallon of milk. So mom added water to the milk. So it went across all the kids right? Like I, I know what that is. I know what not having income affluence or asset affluence is all about. And I started on my journey, started learning about, oh, like I figured out how to make it come in, but then it would like leak out the back door. And then I'd wind up <laughs> in loan debt. And then I wind up in credit card debt. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Some of these people have figured this out. And you know what? I was told plenty of times that I was on the wrong side of the tracks. And I was like, yeah, I don't believe you. Like, I just didn't listen to those people. <laughs> I just like, And so it's, it's really, it's about what is hardwired into our subconscious mind, our amygdala right here in our backs of our brains. Yeah. And why people don't break through those patterns is because it's the communities we grew up in and the households that we grew up in that create that tape. That So we have two operating systems in our brains. We have the conscious mind. So consciously, none of us want to not be income affluent or asset affluent. And then we have our subconscious mind. 97% of the time, the subconscious mind is driving the engine, not consciously. And Susan, that's the actual answer to your question is that's why some have figured it out because they've decided to address the issues going on in their subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Versus the conscious mind, we keep consciously trying to shift it, like chase the money, the bigger job, the harder job, the more hours at work, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like those are all logical answers. Yeah,
1: work harder.
0: It keeps us in the rat race. Mm-hmm. Totally keeps us in the rat race. And then we stay in jobs in our work life that we don't love, that then eventually create disease in our bodies because we're unhappy. Because being unhappy in a job lowers your vibration which means those emotions that you don't like feeling because you don't like your job, you don't like the people you're around, create this emotional, what they call crystallization in your body. Mm
3: -hmm. And that
0: layering of crystallization actually is the buildup of toxins in our body that then creates disease. And I know I just said a ton of stuff in a very short period of time. And it's like, what did she say? It kind of made sense. I kind of get it. But then how is that relative to you? So um, how do you feel about what it is that I just said? Let's go there.
2: Well, you touched on things that I did. I was told in life. I mean, I had a doctor tell me your job is making you sick. So I quit.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. I said, this is ridiculous. Why should I stay here and put up with this?
1: Mm -hmm. You
2: know, I deserve better. And I left. And can And, and
0: Can you tell me how you felt after you left? better (laughs) tell me more about the better tell me more about the better i didn't have that stress and strain okay everyone who's watching i want you to see the look on susan's face now her lips just went like this she (laughs) smiled a little bit more it's like you get that grin on your face like oh my god it was great like you didn't have the stress and this is when i tell clients to follow their giggle Mm -hmm. this is what's the magic Because what you did, you chose extreme self-love and self-care at that time. And then you broke yourself open and you said, there's another possibility out here. But what Mm -hmm. do most of us do? And how many times did you do this, Susan? How many times did you stay in that job, even though you knew it was making you sick?
2: How many times did I stay on the job or quit the job?
0: Stay in the job. How many years did you stay in a job that was making you sick?
3: Hmm. I would
2: say maybe two or three. Two or well, three. I never. I, I first of all, when from most of my career, I did not. Um, I worked on projects,
3: mm-hmm.
2: or I worked in small companies, and it didn't last very long. So. <laughs> It became a joke that I would work nine months and th- and then I would get unemployment. I did work. Let me see. I can't remember how long. I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue, and I worked at um, in the advertising department for mm, several years, mm-hmm. four or five years, maybe seven at the most. And then I worked at um, Ralo Publications for about, maybe about the same amount of time. So I realized that I did not like to work in corporate America. I could never work for Xerox or IBM. I knew that. I liked working in a small intimate place or with Growler, it was a large company, but it was family run and It felt kind of like a family. Mm -hmm. Everybody was really friendly and pretty much, except for a couple of people that, unfortunately, I had to work under. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But everybody knew everybody. Yeah. And I was embraced when I first came there, which I had two great bosses, but then things changed over the years and I ended up with some that were crazy. And that kind of changed things around. Great opportunities. It brought me to Chicago two times. So it was fun in <laughs> Vegas. So, but for the most part, uh, I realized working in corporate America was not for me.
0: But yeah, you still needed a paycheck.
2: Yes, I did.
0: This is the crux, right? So this is yep.
1: the crux. Can and I
0: am sure, noodle? I-, I can see you're going to say something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: thinking about the comment that Julie made earlier about the patterns that we, and the belief systems or the beliefs that we build from childhood about how things are, happen. Like how people, and I'm trying it back to your initial question, Susan, which was, why does it seem like some people it's easy and they always have money and other people don't? And while the first thing we discovered is that it, it's there's a belief system partially, that it's tied to. And that there are things that people who are constantly making, Titans of industry, if you listen to a lot of these biographies, they were bulldogs about their visions, about what they thought could happen. Nobody was gonna get in their way. And so their belief about themselves, about what they were capable of, of creating, about how they, like their vision was like they were tenacious and like just attached to that. So there's an element of what is our belief around where we're going. So I wanted to ask you, what is your belief about how easy it is to make money outside of corporate America?
2: That it's hard and it's risky. There we go.
1: That is part of the abundance block for you right now. Mm
0: -hmm. It's your blind spot.
1: Yeah, that that is part of the abundance block. (laughs) And what we have to do is turn that because you don't want, do you want to believe that about making money outside of corporate America? No, you don't, right? We don't want to. So part of this is about you challenging your own belief system and recognizing the subconscious dialogue that's running in the background is it's hard to make money outside of corporate america it's it, it you know it's not going to be easy and i won't make that much and that's the tape we have to remove because it's really not serving you and it was adapted adopted adapted like really as young people, it looks like the only way to really ascend is to get into your business suit, especially when we were growing up, Mm -hmm. right? All the big money was made on the business side in these corporations like an IBM or a Xerox or a big bank or something like that. Mm -hmm. That is a childhood programming. We have to like extract, put it on the side because it's not, it might've been sort of true then And a lot of the things that we pursued as women, like, or or, were almost forced into at times, maybe nursing, maybe teaching, maybe home care for other people, you know, service-based work. Maybe you were cleaning, Mm -hmm. maybe you were, you know, doing these things. They didn't make a lot of money. Even today, teachers don't make a lot of money. Like we're there, it's not an affluent space. So there's all that historical programming that we have to extract and challenge, is it possible to make a boatload of money outside of the structures that we may be holding? And I'm gonna ask Julie to like share some of that because I want you to be encouraged one by recognizing, oh, that's the tape that's running in my mind. I have to choose to let that go. And even creating a mantra for yourself around like, Mm-hmm. for me. It's easy for me to make money. It's easy for me to make money and hold on to the vision, Julie. So
0: in my book, Awaken Your Wealth, I talk about this packed process. And the first part of the packed process is, um, and I'll put below the link to my book because I'm giving away a free copy of the book to anyone who wants it. You just have to pay for the shipping. Um, is that you have to picture what it is that you want to create. So Karn has highlighted your blind spot here. And that's about corporate America, right? That that's, what's kind of like, you can't make money unless you're, I'm going to, and I'm going to put words on your mouth. But like when I suck it's like you're selling your soul. If you're working for corporate America, because you just don't like it, but you don't think on some level, not consciously, (laughs) subconsciously that you can't create as much abundance outside of it, but yet you're kind of like selling your soul to the devil. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You know what I mean? This is how our feelings work. And I'm not saying Susan, yes. advanced, but this is how I've watched clients year after year feel of like, when you're doing something that consciously, you know, you don't want, but subconsciously, you don't know how the hell to get out of the pattern. Right. Yes. You're like selling your soul to the devil. That's every single one of us. Right. That's like me being a chicken finance. It's like I started wearing pants instead of skirts so that they look at me the same way. Right. It was like, Because I was tired of them looking up and down my legs when I first got into business. I'm going, Jesus Christ, you keep your eyes up here. I'm really freaking smart. Like it would drive me nuts, right? And it was just like, come on. And um, it's so important. So we've identified the, 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 the belief system. And what I think is so critically important for you, Susan, is to focus on the dream, which is the solution as opposed to the problem which is corporate America's big bank accounts, right? Because we, our monkey minds get stuck on that. Then you start seeing news about corporations taking advantage of people. And then you start seeing this and you hook, right? We hook, 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 hook. So we don't wanna necessarily, the solution to getting out of that belief system is focusing on the solution, not the problem, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: right? But, But our media, even the conversations, you know, it's like, they always say misery loves company, right? Or or I've heard women who are in um, knitting clubs, they call them stitching bitch clubs, right? Because they're all, you know, and I, I've been sitting in some of those sometimes, like, I know exactly what they're talking about. But it's like, no, 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 no. See, it's like, when you focus on then the solution. So the solution is, is how do we attack your subconscious mind, right? This going on in your amygdala. One of the best, first of all, there's tons of it on YouTube for free that everybody can use. Um, I personally love Kelly Howell. Her website is Mm -hmm. brainsync.com. She has very inexpensive for like $9. You can download, like if you're um, wanting to get clear something from your subconscious, it could be stress relief. It could be Anxiety. If you have anxiety about still working for corporate America, it's about how do we detach your your nervous system is actually attached to this belief system, and so it's about calming your nervous system mm-hmm. to then open up your heart because the dream, which is the focus of the solution, you can't really open your heart when your nervous system is hijacked. So, like people on the outside would look at. Oh, Kelly Hell meditations, I get it. But what's actually helping there? You know, I I listen to Kelly Hell stuff all the time as I'm going to sleep at night. Another great resource out there, another gentleman out there is um, Tom Kenyon. He's another great one that I love. Um, And they, these, we have to remember Einstein told us that everything is energy. You know, Albert Einstein proved that everything is energy. So we have to shift the energy behind the belief system. And that's calming your nervous system down that is attached to this belief system to open up your heart so that you then, because there's an organization called HeartMath, heartmath.org, that mm. has done the research that our hearts, they magnetically have been measured to go up to eight miles. So when you tune into your heart and what your heart's desire is and what you want to create in your work life, from the people you work with, to the incomes you want to make, to the consistency of the income you desire. When your heart is open, it can go up to eight miles. Our brains, Susan, have you ever heard this information before?
3: Mm -hmm. Our brains
0: only go for two feet, but our hearts go for over eight miles. They just don't have a measurement tool to go longer than eight miles. Wow. So this is where our belief systems are stuck in our brains, but we're supposed to be following our hearts to really align ourselves. So it's about detaching from the mind and starting with our heart and then at our smarts. So in your particular situation, Susan, if you start to do things like these meditations and some of those tools to start to open up your heart space while you're mapping out who like you like the smaller companies. Great. Well, tell me about like, Who are the, if you were to list out some of the greatest attributes of some of the smaller companies you've worked for, what are those?
2: Caring about their employees. What else? Friendliness, sharing beyond the office. Um, Generous, compassionate, fun, Some of the place people that I worked with, you know, we became friends. As a matter of fact, one of my bosses, we ended up working together on another project after, you know, I left them. And and the only reason I left them was because they were making some shifts there. Mm -hmm. But I was friends with every one of the people in the office. It was wonderful. I had so much fun there. And in the record business, I worked in the record business, and that was fun. And it was like a family. Mm
0: -hmm. So what do you think all of those things have in common?
2: Humanness, humanity.
3: Mm -hmm. Heart. Heart. Yeah,
0: your heart. That is what I want to illustrate to everybody. That this touched your heart, those attributes, people who employers who care about their employees, they're sharing beyond the office they're compassionate, you had fun, they were your friends. So you now know when you create that dream list, like while we're calming your nervous system and, and meditate, doing the brain meditations at night when you go to sleep, visioning and feeling those feelings, what it felt like to be around those people who are compassionate, fun and friends and caring I will say the one thing you missed on that list, and everybody always does this,
1: is your own yeah. personal self-love and self-care. Karen, say it again. I was saying, and that they, you know, they were respectful and they paid you well. That's another, that's another, that's another good thing to put on the list is that you're paid well for the work that you do. We rarely ask for that, mm-hmm. we rarely Particularly. pay expectations. So be sure to
0: add on that list of your dream, Mm -hmm. your ideal income that you want coming in. I had one woman say to me, she's like, I go, I want you to write the $110,000. I want you to take a piece of paper, just write $110,000. And I want you to put it right up in your cubicle at work. And she's like, my boss will see that. I go, you didn't have (laughs) to put a dollar sign in front of it. You just need to understand the meaning of it. It doesn't even have to have the comma and the three other zeros. You can just write 110 and put it up there because you know what it represents. But it's about putting it in your awareness because everything is vibration.
1: Yeah. And I think one way to kind of encapsulate what we're saying is you have to become both your own advocate and your own enforcer to creating what it is that you want to create. And that means you got to shut down when you, when those thoughts creep in, you got to shut them down. That's not what I believe. I don't believe that the only way to make money is in a corporate, large corporation. I believe that it's possible to make money, you know, where I am doing the kinds of projects with the kinds of people that I like. And so we, it's almost like you create your own world with all the tools that you have available to you the meditations, the vision boards, the lists, the shutting down of those thoughts when they come in your head, we have to become relentless in the pursuit of shifting our own realities in a way, right? And, and the way to do that is to plug all the holes. What mm-hmm. I mean by that is all mm-hmm. the way that the bad stuff can leak in or throw us off our tracks. We plug it, we plug them up, plug up the holes. And one so of
0: those might be people. Not <laughs> talking true. to the people who tell you you can't live your dream life. They got, I remember when I was writing my first book, my mom was an English teacher and my mom loves me and I love her. But she's just like, you, my left brain logical kid is going to write a book. Like you were held to teach English class too. And I had decided right then and there, I'm like, mom, I have a graduate degree now. I, I think I figured out writing. And she, she just was that crab in the bucket while I was, she's like, really, you're really doing this book thing? Like she kept saying it. So I decided mom was not going to hear anything else about the book until the book was finished. And then after three editors looked at it, then I let mom have a shot at editing it. And she only found three mistakes. <laughs> I was like, mom, I figured it out. You know, but during that process of me shifting and changing and trying to put this book out in the world, She was not as supportive as I would have believed to be because she had the experience of me keeping her up at night writing my college papers. (laughs) But that's okay, all of it's okay. And it's not that these people in our lives don't love us and care about us, but they're just kind of like, you really sure you want to go down that path? I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. my mom was saying. Mm -hmm. And the people who love you are going to say the same thing because they're coming from their vision
1: and viewpoint of you. Mm -hmm. And so we
0: have to be aware.
1: Which is rooted in the past. Yes. See, nobody, can, nobody knows where you're going. They're making their commentary based on history. Right. They're, they're probably not up to speed with you in the present, and there's no way they're forecasting for you. So you know we have to remember that too. That people are they think they think they think they know who you are and what you're about and where you're going, but you're the best person for that information, you know, the best. And so like Julie mm-hmm. saying, we, we love these people and they think they're doing well for us, which is why sometimes the thing is keep keep your dreams close to the vest until mm-hmm. they really have roots. Mm-hmm. But this is about shifting and turning kind of some of that old, those old tapes
3: mm-hmm.
1: them because they're not serving you right now and they are sneaking in there and derailing you so this is build your, build your your world and plug the holes in the, in the places where the other stuff's slipping in and use all your tools. You have to be relentless in shifting. You can make as much money as you're willing to make.
0: And it can be as consistent as you desire for it to be. Because we have to remember, we individually, and I remember when somebody first said this to me, we are the creators of our lives because we're the participants. And yes, there have been things that have occurred, but once we really come from a place that we understand that we create exactly what we have, because it's how we respond to everything around us. Like I remember I had my first boss in the industry said to me, well, Julie, I think you'd be really good to go work at a bank. And I was like, but you told me you know how to actually do this. So why don't you teach me? (laughs) I heard him tell that story 15 years later about how he was literally politely telling me to get the hell out of his office and leave and I didn't hear that at all I heard you know how to make it you know how to make it big and make a big impact so show me that's what I heard (laughs) and it was really interesting so we have to realize that we create so by me putting the energy out there of This guy knows how to do it. Okay, show me. I wasn't even listening to the other noise. I wasn't even listening to it. Mm -hmm. But it's so easy, especially the longer we live and the longer we're in the workplace, how that noise keeps layering on us, right? Mm -hmm. So this is about get back to the dream and be the creator and get in there and just harness who you want to be at this season of your life and go do it better than you ever have because that's the most self-loving and self-caring thing you can do.
1: Yeah, super. How are you feeling, Susan? Good. Good, good.
0: Penny, for your thoughts?
2: Putting it into action, that fear of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that fear real quick. I know we got a few more minutes, but I'd love to dig on that fear.
2: Hmm. can I be disciplined enough to do it what
0: does your heart say huh what does your heart say because neither answer is wrong
2: I think it says I can I think it says I can
0: and one of your other belief systems that's lack. say that again
2: I have the tools.
0: So one of those other belief systems I just saw rise up is that there's something that happened before you were seven years old, because it all happens to all of us before seven years old, where somebody judged you. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) That is a huge thing. Like go on YouTube, releasing judgment and listen to those meditations. That will clear your subconscious mind because whoever that person is, that soul that really judged you immensely when you were a child, you are still carrying that with you today, which is what's recreating this pattern for you, even Mm. though you have logically all the tools.
1: Yeah. And this is the tension that gets created, right? There's a head and a heart. This one's reversed from the way I normally talk about it. In this case, you have the experience right? You have the experience. So it was very real then. Mm-hmm. And it continues every time the opportunity comes up, it be, it, it's like, um, it's almost a little bit like Groundhog's Day, that experience rears it, its head, like, oh, remember, but this is how that worked out, you know? And so mm-hmm. you're a different you now. And this is one of the hardest things to do is to choose to release and recognize that "Mm, that's not true. And remember, we talk about standing in the space of I wonder, right? And then Mm -hmm. if if you can't feel like, yes, I believe, don't give in to it'll never work. Stand in that neutral space of, I don't know, I'm open to it though. So how about that? Let's be open to the possibility of this beautiful vision that you're holding to yourself. I'm open to that. And so you're not trying to force yourself to believe it. Yes, I believe that that's for me, but you're also (laughs) not becoming to like, it'll never happen for me, Mm -hmm. right? So let's be in that space that that I wonder, and "Mm, I'm totally open, I'm open. Try that as a meditation, I'm open. So it's not forcing you, but you're also not giving in.
0: I am hoping to allow myself to release all judgment, including my own. Mm-hmm. And especially my own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Susan, I am so grateful that you had the courage to join us and to help share this with many, many people, because that's how we heal the hearts of humanity.
1: And, and I'm super Lisa, grateful
0: for the courage.
1: For sharing, and- coming on and and. And being brave, yeah. And my book will be on the way to you as well.
0: Thank you, thank (laughs) you, thank you, you, Susan. Have the best week ever. You too. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much. (laughs) Yes. Bye bye. Bye.